welcome. This is Tara Kerwin. And this is EJ Kerwin. And welcome to our Relationship Renovation Podcast. Yes, we are uh, very excited today. We have a, a guest on our show. His name is Matis Miller. He's a author and he's a therapist. And he's recently uh, written a book called The Uncontrollable Child. Welcome, Matis. Yes, I've heard amazing things and I'm just so excited to interview you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, EJ and Tara, and it's it's a real pleasure to be here with you today. So thank you Great. for having me on your show. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I mean, just first off, could you just tell us a little bit about your background, about what, you, what you're doing, and, you know, where, where you came from? Okay, sure. So um, I'm a clinical social worker. I'm in the state of New Jersey. Um, I've been practicing as a psychotherapist for over 15 years now. Um, my specialty and focus is primarily in evidence-based practices like cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, schema therapy, and other modalities. Um, I mostly treat individuals, families. Um, we do some groups, anxiety, mood, personality disorders, address childhood trauma, uh, relationship difficulties. And currently, I have, I'm the founder and director of the Center for CBT of NJ in New Jersey, which is um, my own practice. And we have a group of clinicians um, where we provide, you know, CBT and DBT-related services. I also lecture and train on specific uh, modalities and also help parents and educators. Um, so mostly now I'm focused uh, in my career on supervision, education, consultations, as well as releasing my new book, which I'm so excited about. Right and yeah. I'm, I'm a parent too. So I'm, oh, cool. I'm right there with you guys. So I'm Absolutely. a parent of, of six. Oh, wow. Of six? We thought, wow. We thought we were doing good. You get us by two. <laughs> oh my, I just have to hear the ages. What are the age ranges for your six kids? So from 16 to one and a half. Oh my heavens. That's quite a spread. <laughs> a lot of developmental stages going on right there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow, such a rich and diverse background. And my kind, my love, actually what I was trained in is CBT. So we, while well, EJ and I do our sessions together with couples and we kind of have different modalities that we're trained in, but my thing is CBT. So I, I just love that work and I just think it's so powerful. Yes, thank you so much. And And that really goes back to, you know, early on in my career, I, I always had that that passion for that work. And early on, I, I went for intensive training uh, at the Beck Institute in Philadelphia. And then from there, you know, continued. So, yeah, I've just seen the results and it's it's really, really powerful. That's great. Yes. Well, I mean, we, we thought you were just like a perfect fit to bring in and talk to because, you know, uh, a great number of uh, the, the couples we work with, they are parents mm -hmm. and parenting uh, is a is a challenging thing. You know, it's a challenging thing just just in general, raising children and doing it in a way that that feels good. And but also when you have a kid who, you know, who who is a little tougher and and mm -hmm. being able to stay on the same page and stay connected in that challenging environment. So, um, I mean, can you just maybe lead us off with, tell us a little bit about your book. Like, you know, why, why did you write it? Yeah. So this goes back, you know, as you say, you know, very often a lot of the people that I'm working with and we work with as therapists do have children. And even if they have their own struggles, they're struggling with parenting their children. 
And uh, as I like to say, parenting is is a true gift and, and, and blessing. At the same time, it has many, many challenges and difficulties um, <laughs> along the way. And in, in a lot of the uh, consultations and meetings and working with people, you know, I found that there is great information out there to help people parent effectively. And there's, you know, you can go on the web for podcasts and articles and mm-hmm. even in small tidbits that can be really helpful. Um, however, there was something that I learned in dialectical behavioral therapy that I, I, I noticed was lacking. And, and very often I would see parents vacillate on extremes. There would be parents who would be overly permissive, you know, really didn't have a good sense of limits and structure and, and discipline. And, you know, they were very, you know, connected and loving um, and understanding and accepting of their child, but they would struggle in that area. And then I found, you know, I would work with other people who were, very much on trying to control and discipline and consequences in their environment and sometimes even a bit punitive, but they were missing that real understanding and acceptance of their child and the situation and the difficulties. And in DBT, there's this balance of acceptance and change and, you know, the synthesis of those two concepts and certainly important all relationships as far as couples uh, as well. I would, you know, imagine that that comes up a lot in your work. Um, and, and I felt, you know, there, there are great books out there that talk about neuroscience of child, child development mm-hmm. or, or specific strategies or techniques in uh, how to talk to your kids when they're going to listen for, you know, to get them to listen, for example. But I, I felt that integrating that concept of acceptance and change in a very, very practical way, a skillful way with real strategies that people can take and implement, I, I just seemed like there was a lack. And then I said, you know, I wasn't looking to write a book. I said, you know, maybe I should do this, um, you know, to give them that that framework of strategies to help them accept their child and working on changing them at the same time and uh, really changing the way they think about themselves and their child and their parenting and their interactions. It was like I, I so badly want to give them that book, but I didn't have it. And now I feel like I do. So it's really exciting for me. That is so exciting because in our work with couples, I mean, again, parenting can be a very challenging dynamic to navigate and one that can pull couples apart. We see it all of the time, not feeling united, not feeling like they have each other's back. And so it seems that one of your intents in this book is to really give parents clear advice on how to support challenging behaviors in their children and also maybe how to co-parent in a healthier way for consistency and structure. Yes, absolutely. And and I do see a lot of that, you know, that one's partner is, is just on a different page. Um, and that obviously affects the interactions with the child. You know, we can see a lot of splitting or differences in parenting. And of course, it affects the relationship itself. And, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the uncontrollable child, who's that more emotionally sensitive, reactive, impulsive child it just makes it more and more difficult um and we all yeah, what, go ahead so what, what do you see parents when there is a child who is a little more you know is a little more challenging what does that do to couples like like what are the struggles that they sort of face in in parenting a kid like that so you know one thing is i, I see a lot as i was mentioning before is they really have different ideas beliefs expectations of their child and how to parent um, and that becomes a real area of struggle. 
So, you know, one parent might say, you know, I don't know why you're doing these things. You know, I turned out fine. Why are you doing these things? Or this kid just got to grow up a little bit. You know, stop trying to don't be so worried about it. Or, you know, uh, dad tries to implement something and then mom goes ahead and does something else. And, you know, and the child is sort of realizing, oh, I can get this one from this one and that Uh one from that one. And there's not this joint, consistent effort into the parenting. Mm -hmm. I think also it, it takes a lot of energy and time from the couple, you know, interacting and, and taking care of the, the needs of their own relationship oh, um, for yes. their own, you know, needs for connection um, and communication and enjoyment and pleasure. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's something that they lose um, and they have the, the stress on top of life and stress on top of taking care of children in general. And then stress, even added stress of dealing with a child who's even more difficult. Um, so it could be really challenging. Yeah, I think I think that's a huge thing you're talking about right there is the, the fact like enjoyment, you know, wh- whether it's in your relationship or with your partner or your relationship with your with your kid, like when it gets to the point where it's like stressing you mm-hmm. and it's not doesn't feel enriching. If it doesn't feel enriching to you, it, it certainly probably isn't feeling enriching to your kid. Right. And so help us understand, like for our listeners, who is the uncontrollable child? Like, like really help them understand that. It's the child that you're thinking in your mind, like, this kid is out of control, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't handle this. Everything I'm doing is just not right. He doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. She doesn't cooperate. I feel like, let's say if I have another child, like, I can get through to them. This child, I just can't. And everything is a battle. Everything is a struggle. And, and I think that goes back to your point, EJ, is like, there's parents who are dealing with the uncontrollable child so often the, the the positive interactions are few and far between, right. um, and which is so important. And very often when I meet with parents, I'm I'm working on helping them rebuild some of that because it, it becomes all about the negative. And then it would also be the child who's overly sensitive, you know, always crying, always tantruming. And like parents are thinking like enough's enough. Like it's yeah. not a big deal. You know, why on every every little situation, you know, just because this is not exactly the way you want it. And sometimes it's that on-edge teen or impulsive ADHD child who's, you know, uh, non-compliant or, you know, property destruction or delinquent in some ways or school refusal. So it's it's really, there's no singular definition, I would mm-hmm. say, but it's that child who is, is overly emotional, reactive, and that could be external or that could be, constantly withdrawn, shutting down. And parents just feel like at a loss. They feel they feel out of control. I was just thinking like kind of this feeling I'm having towards this book you wrote is that like I'm sure a lot of parents are just feeling very disempowered in their relationship with their children, which then, right, kids pick up on how the parents are feeling. And so there's just this energy of disempowerment and feeling defeated and kind of fear just takes over and it just, it's no good for anybody. Yeah, Tara, that's huge because I, I think what, what happens is it becomes this power struggle for control because they do feel so out of control. Um, yeah. and, and, and that, and the child feels that and yeah. which leads to, to her own child's sense of self and self esteem and, you know, just feeling like they're the, they're the bad one. They can't yeah. do anything right. So, and, and I really try to give over that message. Like parents really mean to do well and they love their children. 
you know, for the most part, and they'll want to do everything right. And they all want them to just grow up healthy and be happy and be feel loved. They just sometimes lack the skills or the know-how and they're stuck in this negative cycle that they don't realize and they're not aware. It's just affecting the child and them. And, you know, as time goes on, it's just more and more harmful. Yeah. And what a wicked, like kind of triangulation that happens also, I assume between like the, the kid and, and each of the parents, you know, because, because they each have their own perspectives and their own backgrounds and their ideas of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And then the kids like this little, you know, thing that they're feels manipulated and kind of pulled in one direction and then the other. So what do you think when uh, a couple is struggling with one of their children who's who's just a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, what what is like sort of the basic like practical advice, you know, that you try to get across in, in your book and in general that's going to help that couple out? Communication. <laughs> you know, we know that's essential. And I, I think really to sit down and, you know, be able to share without defensiveness each of your experiences and struggles and emotions. The fact that, you know, sometimes there are single parent households mm-hmm. that are dealing with a mm-hmm. uncontrollable child and they don't necessarily have that support. Um, and yes, it, it is a struggle on that trying, you know, when you have that child and you have two parents in the home, but, you know, having that relationship and being able to communicate with one another and taking the time to sit down and talk to your spouse, not necessarily about problem solving to start, just helping hearing, listening, validating each of their experiences. And um, I I think looking at understanding causes, and I I talk about this a lot in the interaction with the child, but really letting go of judgment and dialectics Mm. allows us to be able to see that two ideas, two perspectives, although they appear opposite or maybe are opposite, both have truth to them. Mm -hmm. And in that communication, being able to hear each one's valid reality and appreciate each one's valid reality and support and, and, you know, maybe based on their upbringing or based on their beliefs or their emotional stress. You know, I, I look at like a tag team sometimes, like sometimes you just need to step out and yes, or, or switch roles. You know, there yes. might be uh, one partner who is having a very difficult, you know, being the implementing consequences and they're losing their cool and they're not being effective. So I would say to that, you know, why don't you just focus on, you know, praise, uh, positive reinforcement, making special time to just don't worry with, with the child. Don't worry about the discipline and, and the other one, the other spouse take care of, you know, yeah. the discipline end of it. So that's something else that can be helpful. And, and, and thirdly, I would say if you can't both get on board with each other and there is so much tension and stress is, is acceptance of one another. Um, right. and, and I think that's, that's really, essential, uh, you know, don't give up and, and just accepting, you know, that perhaps one one is more anxious than the other or struggling more than the other or has a different way of parenting than the other, um, because fighting and, and pushing against and the tension is just going to hurt, you know, the couple relationship and certainly the children. I just got to piggyback on a little bit because just to normalize, like EJ and I, when we had our twins, you know, who had colic for nine months, And we've been, you know, I've been a trained therapist for almost 20 years. Like it was really hard and we had to get really good at 
because I felt like EJ was judging me. I felt like he was doing things so differently than what I would have expected to do. And thank goodness that we were able to be like, okay, we are, we have to get this together. We have to get this right. And EJ was like, Tara, I am judging you in these moments. So then that made me feel like I'm not crazy. And we had to get really good at accepting each other because we have very different styles of parenting. And we do have one of our twins is very highly sensitive child. And so it just brought in so much more emotion and sometimes overwhelm. And so again, just having that communication acceptance was so, but it took us a little bit to get there. Yeah, I, I love too. Like uh, at, the, at the beginning of your book, you talk about like there being no right way, and I think that fits like perfectly with what you were talking about about both people's perspectives mm-hmm. can be they can be in opposition, but still both have value. You know? Yeah, no, that's so important. And like, I, I would lecture, and I, I mentioned this in the book, and parents come to me and say, you know, can you give me the manual? You know, I said, if I had the manual, you know, then we wouldn't be here and, you know, I'd be a millionaire and life would be good, you know, but um, it, yeah. it's not, it's not simple. And and each child is different. I mean, you know, you, you've mentioned you have a few children, you know, you see the temperament, you see the one's more sensitive than the other. And each one needs a, a different way, a different method, a different mm-hmm. interaction. And it's really about how we perceive um, you know, our children and our interactions and our parenting. And if we're open to the idea that there is not just one way, yes, there are skills and strategies and a framework. Um, but if we could change the way we think about ourselves and our children in a more open, accepting, non-judgmental, willing position, that could help us bring closer to, to change and, and not get stuck on the right uh, method. You know, I always say to people when they come to me for consultations and they're struggling with their child with this and that, I say, if you ever walk into a room with someone and they sit down with you and say, this, listen here, I got the technique and the strategy is going to save your child. This is going to work, guaranteed. I tell them before they continue to walk out the door <laughs> because there's no, there is no one way. There is no guarantee. Right. And I think it's, that's why this, I don't look at this book as the book. I, I look at it as a tool to mm-hmm. use together with all your strategies and all your knowledge uh, as you go on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one real parallel I saw in your book also, it was just a, a portion I've read uh, that I read that relates to our work is so much of what we do is about, uh, you know, attachment theory and mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. like our early childhood experiences, our early childhood attachments have such a profound effect as adults. And then you talk in the book about how, you know, that the formative years of a child are big predictors for their long-term wellness, their Mm long-term success. And, but it creates this like real pressure as parents, right? Like of like, God, I don't want to screw up, but yet I still have my baggage that I'm bringing in from my childhood that's, that's affecting not only my relationship with my partner, but now also my relationship with my kids. Yeah. So the first thing I would say to anyone is, you're going to screw up. <laughs> Thank and you. that's okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Did everyone hear that? It's okay. <laughs> it, it, it's just, I, and, and I do. And here I wrote the book, you know, as a, <laughs> um, so, and, and, you know, as I wrote in my acknowledgments, you know, I, I credit my children <laughs> for, yeah. you know, enabling me to write this book because they've taught me so much, yeah. uh, you know, along the journey. Um, and, uh, 
you know, the jokes going around that kids are, are my best marketers. You know, they're telling everyone about the book, <laughs> yeah. you know, and everyone asks you like, which one of you, the uncontrollable child is you, is he, you know, yes, yes. which one of you? So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we, and I think in, in, in all relationships, I, I like to say it's, it's not about preventing tearing from relationships, you know, and Tara, you give a great example of, of when you were struggling. It's, it's about repairing and it's about being able to address the tears that are inevitable to happen. And I think as parents, um, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to, in the, those formative years, very unlikely that we're going to meet all the emotional needs of our children. At the same time, so it's we're not going to be perfect. At the same time, we want to do the best we can. Right. And that's why in the book as well, and uh, I took this from from uh, John Gottman's work, does a lot of uh, couples research, was was the idea of the ratio of uh, five uh, positives uh, to one negative in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think in parenting, perhaps even more, but... W- you know, a lot of times we think we're, oh, we messed up or, you know, we lost our cool. We got a little upset. You know, we were invalidating. But to take a step back and be mindful of all the positive interactions that we have and even keeping a log. And that can really help you see that, you know, your ratio is likely uh, pretty high. Now, sometimes not. Pretty good. And, and sometimes right. you need to, to, to be aware of that and make change. But, um, yeah, these are the years. I mean, uh, in the work as I do as a therapist, so much of my work dealing with people who have struggled with personality uh, issues or severe emotion dysregulation is I, I am going back and trying to um, modify those uh, early on emotional experiences um, between parent and child. Right. And, and I do think one thing that you did talk about in your book, which kind of parallels this, is just like the ability to have the flexibility so you're not so rigid and trying to be perfect, but also consistency. And like, maybe could you talk a little bit about that, the flexibility versus consistency? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there's our dialectic again, because I think, you know, you'll read an article or you hear approach and like consistency, 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 Mm -hmm. like that is super important in parenting. Make sure you're consistent. That's a lot of pressure. Um, We're humans, you know, and children aren't uh, our pets. You know, we're not doing dog training. So, you know, and, and there's so many different dynamics and emotions and experiences that are going on on a daily basis. At the same time, consistency is super important because we know if we're not consistent and our children pick up our inconsistencies, it's very hard to maintain limits and structure um, within an environment. That's number one. Number two is, you know, flexibility is really important, too. It's important because we as parents want to model to the child that we are flexible and I think that's an important message is that in times in life, we need to be flexible. Maybe there's a certain, maybe you have a certain rule or limit in it, but whatever the circumstances are in that, in that moment, it's important to show your child that you can be flexible. And that definitely gives them a message that you're not rigid. You're not punitive, that you're caring, that there are expectations. Often they'll push back right away and they'll jump on for the next opportunity for you to be flexible. You might have to put that limit up again. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 just, I think yeah. that's, you know, as I describe, it's like, you, you know, if you try to, you know, bend something that's, you know, rock solid, it's going to crack. And, you know, mm-hmm. you want to show it that it that it can handle the wind and it can handle. So I, I, I think giving that message every so often to a child that there is a place for flexibility and explaining to them why you're being flexible is important. But I, I also see a lot of parents who do struggle with follow through. Um, and that's yes, why sometimes... Absolutely. The book isn't enough and having 
you know, a therapist or, you know, a professional counselor working with you to help you implement that and, and address what's getting in the way of the balance of consistency and flexibility. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so that's a, that's a key point that we, you know, whether it be, uh, on our, on our podcast, talking to couples about when to come to couples counseling or here in, in the parenting realm, it's, it, can you help parents know, like, what are some indicators that like, you know, we got to we got to get some outside help here. Like it is, it, it's important now that we, that we move outside our own resources. Yeah. So one thing that was mentioned earlier, which is super important is often if there are, there's a lot of tension in terms of their, the, the, the couples and gridlock with regards to how to interact with the child. And, and that's creating a lot of stress in the house and the relationship. I think that's, that is a, a good signal. Hey, maybe we should see, you know, an objective third party who can help us through this. And, and that, that would certainly be a time. Um, the other is if you, if you try to pick up, you know, a book or listen to some podcast or try to get some direction and you're still struggling, that might be another point to say, you know, cause you can't, you know, even when you're reading or getting information or taking a, a master class, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's tapping into your own emotions that you're struggling with. That might be your baggage from way back when, or your own thoughts or your own certain aspects of your character, or just understanding the needs of your child specifically to your child. So um, I think, so number one is that there's, as I said, like there's disagreement in some of the parenting or stress Two is, is if you've tried other things and you feel like, Oh gosh, I, I, I'm not getting anywhere. The other is if, if you see that on, in other domains, you, you start to see that your child is really being affected and it's really affecting your ability to help them. Um, and they're, you know, whether it's within the school or friends, um, and it's not just in the home environment, but you see where their grades, that might be a sign for you to say, Hey, okay, we need to take the next level here. Um, so I don't think there's one answer. Right. Uh, some because some people don't do well with self-help. Some people need that to go for yeah. professional help immediately. You know, we always try to give our listeners at least one or two real practical solutions to obstacles that they're facing. So can, can I give you like a little, you know, like a scenario, maybe something we deal with and, and just maybe giving us a couple of, of interventions couples can try out? Sure. And I want to say on that. I'm very into practical. So the whole yeah. book is filled with practical because, you know, great. Very so great. Awesome. Um, we could yeah. even, if you want, EJ, we could even do a little bit of a role play or throw me a scenario, whichever works best. Let's see. Okay. We, we have uh, one of our, one of our children, you know, it's like, I think a lot of times their, their strengths are also their, their areas of struggle. Right. And he is so competitive, which is great because some of our other kids aren't, aren't competitive. He's extremely driven, but man, we cannot play a game if, whenever he loses, he will like throw down sorry cards, uno mm -hmm. cards, and yell, just stomp off, cry. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, you know, you want to support him, but it's also annoying, you know, because it's like you want like no one wants to play with you. Yeah. Nobody wants to play <laughs> this uno. This is not with them. fun for us. So if you, so if, if our, our guy like, you know, he's in a game and, and he's about to lose and he throws the cards on the table and starts to run off. What's what's a good way to approach that? Yeah. And I, I like what you like. Our first thoughts are like, 
come on, buddy. I just took this time to play a game with you. Exactly. Like, why? You know, we had such a fun time together. And, and you want to sit down and you want to lecture him and say, listen, you know, losing is, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, so that's part of life. Sometimes we lose, sometimes we win. It's the experience. And, and to throw off the game like that, I mean, that's totally inappropriate. Like, why are you being such a sore loser? Right. right. You know, and I, I like to tell parents that's, does it, could you relate to what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I like to tell parents first thing is when they're thinking and they're having this conversation, they're like, come on, are you serious? Right. So when you're giving that message over to your child, right, do they stop and say, you're right, dad. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. Okay, let's go. I'll clean up the game. <laughs> right? Nope. Like, we think in our minds, like, we're going to go into this lecture mode. Um, and it's really, we're more in that emotional mind. So I, I think um, certainly in, in that moment when a child is reacting in that way, is really making space, an emotionally sensitive or competitive child, making space for their emotions. Because that's not a point that you're probably going to be too effective in your parenting, even in terms of validation, which is a super important skill, which we could talk about when you can implement that. I'm not sure that would be the right moment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I don't know if the child can hear it. And they also are being quite reactive in that moment. So validating them then at that point where their emotions are so high and our own emotions. So mm-hmm. number one, being mindful, taking a step back, noticing your own emotions in your body and your thoughts and your urges to react. And I think becoming more aware and taking a step back. Secondly, is realizing, and I like to say this, I mean, there's so many pieces here, but, uh, and stop me if I'm going overboard, mm-hmm. um, is our should beliefs. And our should beliefs is really what leads to that frustration and annoyance is he shouldn't be throwing the game over like that. He shouldn't be doing that. And the truth is, is he should. And that's exactly what he should be doing. And when I say that, parents look at me, are you crazy? <laughs> like, <laughs> I came in here for you to tell me my kid should be doing what's wrong. So what I mean when I say should is, is that I'm putting my interpret, my judgment, my interpretation mm-hmm. on what's going on now, how I think that child should act. Yes. However, because of cause and effect, the child is doing exactly what they should do. Whether it's because they're having difficulty regulating their emotions, whether it's because it's been reinforced many times, whether it's because they get a reaction every time they do it and they get attention from their parents, or they can't control their behavior. When we actually let go of the should, and now that doesn't mean we don't acknowledge the harmful and say that's really hurtful to us, to the other siblings, to the environment. When we let go of that shoulds, that lets go of the annoyance a little bit because we look at that there's a reason. It makes sense why the child's doing what they're doing. And they should continue doing what they're doing until there's a new cause, until we can identify something to help that child. And that actually, that could be anything from, you know, a positive reinforcer for playing a game nicely. That could be anything from yes. a negative, re, you know, consequence, or that could be giving them some tools to manage their emotions a little bit better yeah. or helping them understand when they're in a better place. So when that happens, addressing our should beliefs, letting go of judgment, being mindful of our emotion, giving them space to run off, because that's probably not the best time to do that. Now, maybe later, um, can I know the first name or we can make up a name? Big Joe. Joe, Joe, yeah, Big Joe, (laughs) Big Joe. So you could run to Joe and you could say to Joe later and say, you know, hey, buddy, it must be so hard 
you know, when I know you got that competitive streak in you, just like you said it to me. And, and, and that makes you, you know, you're, you're, you're great at sports or academics. You get that push and it's a really good strength. And it must be so frustrating and upsetting when you're losing that game and more frustrating than I can understand. Cause I'm not like the competitive type, you know, yeah. dad, I just like go with the flow. So yeah. <laughs> it must be when you validate that emotion and the child's emotion and the child feels understood, then you can move into teaching. Yeah. Right. Then you could say, you know, at the same time on the dialectic, you know, what can we do? Cause we love to play together and it really gets everyone upset and annoyed when you do that. Yeah. You know, what, how can we problem solve this? Yeah. Yeah, the, we can keep is, going, but how, how's yeah. that? That is no, that's absolutely fantastic. so helpful. And I'm like, why is it like I can give that advice to my couples and my individuals I see all day long and something about it, like in the moment, I'm like, hello. Yeah. But no, that is just exactly what I'm going to do the next time. We actually have our game night tonight. So this is perfect. Yeah. That yeah, was the, super helpful. The two big things I heard there was first, just like being aware of my own emotional reactivity and looking in, internally for a second first, which is something we tell all of our couples, like instead of focusing right away on the other person's behavior and what you don't like about it focus inward on your emotional reaction and then being curious about what is actually happening for the other person instead of just commenting on what you don't like or the you know, shoulds yeah yeah which just creates conflict and 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 doesn't create like you know growth and and acceptance which is yeah so i love that thank you thank you matas yeah well and i um, just want to just go ahead no i just on tarot was saying about our own emotions, you know, as we, we know what to tell other people, but when it's ourselves and, and I think validating that for ourselves is so important as a parent, yeah. how, yeah, we might know what to do, but when that child activates that emotion in that moment, it, it, it makes sense why we react, not the way we know is most effective. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of being a parent. This is someone who's so intimate and close to us and we care so much about and, and then becoming aware of those triggers. Um, and realizing sometimes you think, oh gosh, like, like what's wrong with him? Why can't I have a, what's wrong with me and my family? We can't have a normal game night and addressing (laughs) that because that's more, that's more personal versus, you know, objective. Yeah. Well, wow. This has been fantastic. I was just going to say being a therapist, like we have to be accountable because we have to practice what, (laughs) what we preach. So I'm like, okay, EJ, remember we have to use all these skills that we teach, but I'm just wondering that you know, I'm sure it's really hard for accountability for, you know, for people who aren't therapists and that, you know, that's just probably why like outside support resources, like your book is going to be so helpful for these practical approaches because, you know, we have to practice what we preach or we would be terrible clinicians. So it's, you know, on a daily basis, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. (laughs) Well, we we are, uh, you know, just so excited you were willing and able to come in and and speak with us about your book, The Uncontrollable Child. Uh, We're going to do a a book giveaway. Uh, So everybody, um, you know, please hit up our our social media through at Relationship Renovation at Instagram and Facebook at He Said She Said Counseling. Um, after you hear this, you can go there, and we're going to do a we're going to give away a copy of, of Matas's book, which we're we're excited. And in the show notes today, they'll uh, they'll definitely be a link to purchase the book, and also just more information if you want to learn more about Matas. And so, uh, thank you so much. In uh, anything else you want to just share, Matas, about like if people want to learn more about you, more Where about your book, go, anything yeah. like that. 
Oh, sure. Um, well, so you can go to my website, theuncontrollablechild.com. Um, and if you, you look on the website, you can pre-order the book there. Uh, actually, the book is coming out in two weeks, so we're almost there. It's perfect. Perfect timing. Uh, you can also, I do Tuesdays with Matis. I have a couple of episodes left, but we might continue that even after the book's launch. Um, but I do have a blog page there, and you can also check out, and you can just go to the alerts and just put in your information, and then we'll let you know when we have different things coming up. I am going to be developing a master class for parents and educators and professionals where they can access some of this information and learn beyond the book. Um, and also, you can check out my, if you want to learn more about me, cbtofnj.com. That's cbtofnj.com. Um, where that's my uh, practice website. You just want to learn a little bit more about me and what I do. Um, and thank you, EJ and Tara, for having me on. Oh, this was, this was thank really you nice. so much. You had just so much helpful information and experience, and this is going to be so helpful for so many couples and individuals that we work with. So we are just truly grateful for all of the work and research and writing you have done yeah. to help us. Thank you. Yeah, it's just uh, very clear that you that you have a lot of practical information to share with parents, but but also that you just come from such like a you know humanistic and yes. the way in which you communicate uh, feels very welcoming and safe. So so thank you so much. Yeah, Mathis. it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, it was great having you all on our uh, listening to our show. And yeah, thank you. I hope you guys got a lot out of the episode. Yep. Thanks, you guys. Have a great week. Yeah, bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.